Welcome to the New Life Lutheran Podcast, where new life in Christ is celebrated and we explore together how to live the Christian life with excellence. Thanks for listening today. You can find our podcasts at nllutheranpodcast.com. You can also subscribe on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play Music. If you have any questions for Pastor Eric or would like to suggest topics for our podcast, you can email Pastor Eric at eric, E-R-I-K, dot Anderson at nllutheran.com. All right. Well, welcome, listeners, and thanks for joining us on the New Life Lutheran podcast today. Today is a very special podcast uh, because I'm sitting here <laughs> with my beloved, and uh, this is going to close out our family devotions series. So uh, my wife and I are going to share some of our experiences and thoughts on um, our devotional time and, and raising Christians, what that looks like. Um, so you guys know this format well, um, and this will be the end of, of discussing and interviewing families. And then um, next week, we're going to start in on uh, prayer and talking again about prayer. We introduced daily prayer uh, back at the beginning of this series, and now we're going to jump back in to that next week. So with me is my wife, Sarah. Why don't you introduce yourself yourself to our listeners? Hi, my name is Sarah Anderson, and what do you want to know about me? <laughs> I, am a st- I stay at home with our boys. Um, we have Augustine, who's two years old, and Ambrose, who's seven months. Yeah, so tell our listeners a little bit more about our, our kiddos. Um, how are they similar? How are they different? Um, what are they like? We have Augustine, and he's a toddler, so you can kind of imagine what that's like. Um, but he is, um, very thoughtful. We call, we say he's slow to worm. So, um, in new situations, he, it takes him a a lot of time to warm up. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) You talk about our kids. (laughs) For example, this morning we went to story time at the library and it was like the second time we've gone, but it's been months since we've been there. And, um, Augustine just stood there and stared while all the other kids were like dancing and doing motions to songs and stuff. Um, I guess I just stood there and stared. And anytime I encouraged him to do anything, he was like, no, no, no. And, um, but then by the end of story time, he was playing and having a fun time. So, um, it just takes him a while to warm up to things, but when he is comfortable with things, he really loves them and goes, hundred percent. He's like really intense. Yeah. I, and it's so funny because at home he's just like totally nuts. I mean, just rambunctious and wild and loud and a lot of fun. Um, and like when he goes to, uh, hug or talk to, to Ambrose or seven month old, he just is like so full of emotions. He just like can't control himself. Um, and will just like tackle him or push him over or like hit him. You know, he just like can't, he just can't stand uh, how much he's feeling right in that moment. So it's kind of an interesting, interesting juxtaposition. We, we joke um, uh, and say that uh, he's like, he's like you, um, Sarah, that it's a little bit slower to warm, a little bit, maybe more introverted uh, we might find, or, or maybe not. Um, but we've noticed that when he like will be in a social situation and he'll be very reserved and then we'll get home and he'll just like lose his mind ball of energy. Um, and so he definitely like gets some pent up energy out and new experiences and with people he's unfamiliar with. 
and then feel so feel so much more comfortable at home. I know that I've, in my own experience, um, not being home with them all day long, um, I've noticed that Ambrose is quicker to smile, uh, to engage with uh, people who are not us than Augustine was. Augustine was uh, uh, always very serious. He always seemed very serious when we were out in public. Um, and, and Ambrose pretty much, most of the time, um, when, you, when you bring him to church, if, if people talk to him, he smiles. Um, so we'll see if, that's, uh, if that turns into, into more of a, a robust personality trait. Um, but that might be a difference between, between our boys. All right, so Sarah, why don't you um, let's talk? Let's talk a little bit about how uh, we have incorporated our faith into our home life. How are the, what are some of the things that we do um, to to incorporate what we believe um, into our home? Well, why don't you start off with that? Because you lead like like prayer time okay. and stuff. Usually. Yeah, so I would say what what or, like, what the boys and I do um, at this point in 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 our life with our kids, I am, um, kind of in charge of the bedtime routine most of the time. Uh, and so what, what I have, what we do with both, what I do with both of our kids, uh, both of our boys is that as I'm getting them down, um, to bed, I follow, um, Luther's small catechism, the, the morning, uh, the, the evening prayer for, from Luther's small catechism. So we make the sign of the cross and that's just a way, uh, some kind of physical action that they can do, um, that, that helps them move and helps them think about, think with their body. And, and, and we say the father, son, and the Holy spirit. And, uh, then we, we recite the creed, um, and then, uh, the Lord's prayer. And then, and then I pray extemporaneously. Um, and right now, of course, Ambrose doesn't, has no idea what those things are. Um, but just getting him into that habit is really, uh, important to me that he is, is just understanding, just, He's internalizing those things, um, but with Augustine, it's kind of fun because right now he, you know, I, I, I say, um, okay, Augustine, can you make the sign of the cross? And he says yes. And then he touches his forehead, and then I touch my forehead, and I say Father, and then he moves his hand down to his belly, and I say Son. And right now, his his new word is Holy Spirit, and so then he'll do Holy Spirit and kind of rub his chest. Um, so that's just another way to learn learn words and uh, have some motions with those words. Um, and uh, and eventually he'll understand more. He knows what the cross is um, because he can point to it and say cross. He knows that word. Um, so we're saying we're doing the sign of the cross, and I, that's what I call it. Um, and so he's just and he's just internalizing those things. Um, and I say, okay, we're going to say the creed, and he'll go creed, and then I'll I'll recite the creed. He doesn't know any. He can't recite any of that quite yet. And then I'll say, okay, let's pray, and then he'll put his hands together, and I'll pray the Lord's prayer, um, and then then do some extemporaneous prayer. So that's what that's what I do right now. Um, for our bedtime routine. And so Eric leads more of those regular um, kind of routine things that we do as Christians. And what I've been learning and exploring is how to incorporate faith into our daily lives um, and into uh, our daily conversations and how we feel and stuff like that. So um, I've been thinking a lot about like how... Um, well, as Christians, we're uh, imitators of Christ, and everyone knows that children imitate their parents. Mm. So, when if we want to raise Christians, um, we have to all we have to do is imitate Christ, and then in doing so, our children will be imitating Christ. Mm. I was thinking a lot about that because, um, like for example, it's no surprise to anyone that like 
children of a professional football player become professional football players um, because they see that their parents love those things um, and encourage them to do those things. So if our children see that we love Jesus and um, want to be more like him, at this age, at least, they're going to naturally want to be more like him. Of course, once they're older, they'll rebel and Mm-hmm. whatnot. But as far as these, um, the ages that we have, um, I feel like the most important thing is to, for us to be like Christ and then they'll imitate that. So one of the ways I've been doing that lately is when situations arise, um, I'll pray out loud in regards to the situation. So for example, I've been kind of focusing on, um, and the Lord has been teaching me that I can't do things on my own. Um, and that we need him, which is a pretty basic thing of the faith, but, but not um, easy to, not, easy to, to actually, do. not yeah. actually easy to learn. And once you actually do your learn it, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. like this, what this, this is what I've been like hearing my whole life. And this is what it actually means. So I've been learning a lot about that. And it's given me a lot of freedom to, um, a freedom to know that it's, uh, it's okay that I'm not a great mom on my own. Cause I can't be a good mom on my own, um, without, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And, and you and I have had lots of conversations about this. That it's like the at the end of the day, um, because of our sinful nature, we we fail as parents. Like that's just we. And, and this is the conversation you and I have had regarding Christian freedom, um, influenced by uh, particularly Martin Luther's um, uh, commentary on the Galatians and how he kind of worked through the bondage of the will and some of those things. We don't have conversations about. Martin Luther's bondage on the of the will or his commentary on the Galatians, but our conversations are influenced by his thought. And it's it's at the end of the day, I am not a good enough dad. And at the end of the day, you are not a good enough mm-hmm. mom. And there's actually there's actually a freedom in recognizing that mm-hmm. because then we don't put that pressure on ourselves anymore to be that way. And we can we can more readily rely on on Christ's spirit um, to to dwell within us and to produce um, the fruit of the spirit within us. And we, the pressure is not on us anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, like a week or two ago, Augustine was having a meltdown and I was getting really angry and I just um, decided or recognized that I cannot control myself without help from God. And so I, I prayed aloud um, admitting that I didn't have the strength to control myself and that uh, Augustine didn't have the strength to control himself, and so we asked. I asked God aloud to give us self-control. Um, I think that is one really important thing that we can show our children is that it's okay to feel. I guess as a Christian, I'm learning that, or I'm. I've been focusing on the fruits of the spirit, and I've been recognizing that I can't muster up any of those things myself with my own power. I I can't produce patience in myself. I can't produce self-control. It's not something I can force myself into doing, at least not in the long term. And so um, I'm recognizing how much I need to ask um, our Father for those gifts and praying aloud in those situations, such as when there's meltdowns, um, praying aloud and asking God for those things. It's teaching Augustine that we can't do it on our own, and that's okay. We're also pretty sensitive about uh, not trying to suppress emotions 
in in Augustine. And and right now Ambrose is just a baby, so it's like, you know, he's seven yeah. months old. There's not a whole lot you can do. Um but but with Augustine especially being being a two year old, there's a lot of emotions, very, very big emotions up and down. And uh and so I think that we've always we've always had the conversation that we don't want to suppress emotions. We don't want to teach him that some emotions are bad and some emotion some emotions are morally bad and some emotions are morally good. Um, we're trying to teach him how to how to feel his emotions and respond effectively um, and uh, appropriately. And so I think that that's like you know this uh, this example of praying, um, which I love. I love that you do. Um, it's like it, it does a couple things. One, it, it provides the diversion that that is that is good parenting, right? Because a lots of you know, all parenting books and blogs, it's like providing diversions so that we're not just having total meltdowns where you're screaming at each other, but like providing diversions to help lower the level. You're actually providing that diversion, but then you're pointing, you're pointing his emotions um, and his attention to God. And so it's not just, and it's not just any diversion, but it's diverting your attention um, to the only source that can really help you process your emotions um, in a healthy way. So it's actually like providing a space where the where Augustine's learning how to draw close to God in and through his emotions and not just like in, in a robotic sense out of duty drawing close to God, but it's actually diverting his emotions toward um, toward God. And I can't expect him to have self-control, one, as a toddler, right. two, just in general because as a human, a <laughs> as a human himself, I can't expect him to have self-controls, but right. I, at least at this age, yeah, can divert his attention mm-hmm. to God. Yeah, I think that that kind of goes into really probably our primary way. You and I are not, um, uh, we're not, we're not particularly like, we're not really into devotions the way that kind of popular Christianity understands devotions. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not really how we roll. We kind of, um, hang around um, more in that freedom realm. And so I think what we try to do, uh, well, what, what we do try to do, not just not what I think we try to do, what we do is is the faith is not just, our faith is not just integrated in our lives through devotional moments. Our faith is integrated in our lives through everything. And so what we try to do, I know when I get home and I have conversations with Augustine, I try to... Um, uh, often, you know, have conversations about Jesus, have conversations about uh, the Bible, um, some of those things, so that he understands that this is just our minds are always on Christ. You know, our minds are always on things that are above. And so just always just kind of integrating Jesus into our family life, just he's always there with us. We can talk to him. Um, you know, he he's we talk about him often, you know, we talk about him um, every day. Uh, that's part of that. We're we're building we're building these individuals, these two individuals who are um, going who are in Christ already. They're baptized into Him, so we're just training them how to recognize Jesus and how to know Him, and uh, not necessarily trying to like. I don't want to raise kids that just do devotions. I want to raise kids who know Jesus, and so trying to integrate him into everything that we do um, and try to have conversations about him regularly. You know, the biggest piece of art in our, well, not the biggest piece, the, <laughs> one of the most prominent pieces of art in our living room is this portrait of Jesus. And we'll point, you know, we'll point and go, who is this? Augustine, he'll say Jesus. And, you know, we'll talk about Jesus and, and Augustine and I will have conversations. We read the Jesus storybook Bible um, often and, and, you know, we'll have conversations about Jesus coming back because, because Augustine started understanding the concept of, of being right back 
because we'll say, I'll be right back. And he kind of knows what that means. And so then once he understood that concept, that, that's what I, I could talk about Jesus that way. We could read the story of Jesus leaving him, him ascending. That's in that storybook Bible. And I say, but Jesus is coming right back. He's coming back to earth. And so I know that that's kind of how I've walked that path is like, I recognize Augustine will be attentive to something or will learn something. And then I'll try to like point that thing to Jesus just to help everything that we do be integrated into, have our faith be integrated into everything that we do, not just try to like uh, compartmentalize our faith. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me ask you this, Sarah, um, in your opinion, why, uh, why is it important that we do um, these kinds of devotional activities and this kind of faith formation with our kids? Well, right now, um, with our kids being so young, we're just setting up a foundation for them. Um, and I always think about, I don't know who, what you read one time about the, how like as parents we're like building boxes, a box for our child. And then once they're kind of in, we go into their adulthood, they, it's like mm. breaking down that box. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it that? was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Let me think that was, um, I think it must've been Richard Rohr. Uh, and he talked about that in his, some of his books about growing up or maturing, he says that adults build, our, our parents build a box for their kid, and then moving from childhood to adulthood is breaking down that box and really like looking at the contents um, itself, and then like making that decision of then, then making a decision for for or against the contents of that box. Um, so that's kind of what puberty is, and what like adolescence is is breaking down that box and then looking at the contents afterwards. So in the end, we know that only God can make our children grow, but our job right now is to build that box so that they have a strong foundation. Yeah, and I and I also like I want to give I want to give our kids something that they want to be a part of, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want I don't want our faith to feel like an obligation. Um, which through adolescence, that's what it feels like, you know, when your parents make you go to church. Um, and so I don't want I don't want there to be a distinction for our kids between well, we go to church and we learn about Jesus, and then the rest of the week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't want that to be a distinction that is in their minds. Um, and so when we talk about, um, we've actually used this language, and I, I've been intentional about it. I don't know if you have or not. Um, but I've, but we've taught Augustine um, on Sunday mornings. When I say Augustine, do you know what we're going to do today? He'll say worship, right? So we don't say. I mean, I've even tried to avoid that language of "quote unquote" go to church. Because I don't want that to be, I mean, the church, you know, Glenn Lorenz said it, I think, really well. The church is the organizing principle of our life. It's, and not only because it's my career, but because as Christians, this local congregation is is who God has given us to know him. Uh, this is who God has given us to hear the word and receive forgiveness and receive the sacraments and uh, have have the mutual conversation and consolation of the brethren. To This is the community that we have. So it's, I don't want there to be that distinction of, well, we go to church on Sunday and then the rest of the week is ours. It's, we go to worship on Sunday and the church is, is always, it's always part of how we experience God. So then we have people in and out of our house throughout the week from our church. We have people over, we go over to people's houses from our church. We're always involved in, in the, in the church, in the congregation. Um, and so that's been like, that's been just an important part of how we, um, talk about um, talk about our faith and, and it's an important part of what what I want for our kids is not to um, 
just feel obligated, but I want them to be involved in the community. I want them to see how valuable the congregation is. Um, not just because we can go to worship and be entertained if that's the case, but, um, but that we actually get to experience God in this congregation. And so I, and so I think that's been important. Um, one of my goals, at least, um, I want Jesus to be a part of our daily life and part of our regular conversations. And I want, um, the church, the congregation to be kind of the organizing principle about which we live our life. Cause that's our community. You know, that's our, those are our people and we're their people. Um, and so that's, that's been important to me. Okay. So this is, um, so the last question I ask every, uh, couple is what are some tips if you like, what are some things that you, uh, as we watch other people raise kids, um, what are some things that we want other, other people to know about their kids or about parenting or about raising Christians, forming faith? What are some things that we, you know, as a, maybe even now as a pastoral couple, since we don't have, we're in the midst of parenting, um, maybe as a pastoral couple, what are some things that you wish that every parent knew? Like I kind of talked about earlier, I just, um, having experienced this um, freedom for what I would say is the first time, um, probably just in the last month or two, um, that's something that I wish everyone um, could experience, um, the freedom to not be good enough, and um, even on the most basic level. So like last week was a really, really rough week, and yeah. at my lowest point, I was just like, I don't even want to be a mom anymore. And that was um, me admitting my weakness. And then I had to ask God for even the most basic thing, affection for my children. And Lord, give me strength not to just leave them here and drive away. Yeah, (laughs) that was my desire. And like, not that I was going to do it, but even those desires that you're like, wow, I'm a horrible mom. I don't even like my kids right now. I don't have any affection for them. I I don't want to stay home with them. Even when... You're at that point in a way that's okay because um, you are admitting your weakness and then um, letting God be the strength in your weakness. Yeah, yeah, that's oh. that. You know, <laughs> and I, I would just probably I would just echo that too. That if there's one thing I wish parents knew, it, it was that they are not good enough parents, and that's okay because no, everybody's not good enough, um, and. And this just goes back to more, um, more broadly, pastorally and theologically, um, is that this is the way, like, like this is the way that we die to ourselves, right? And and so this is this is actually how we participate in bearing our cross, and because children are kind of horrible sometimes, <laughs> you know, they're they're kind of horrible, and and especially you know you get to this. Especially two-year-olds. Uh, this this two-year-old <laughs> stage, um, and sometimes it's later, sometimes it's earlier, you know. But you get to this stage where this the the child is really uh, pushing back and and is kind of out of control of their emotions in in a particularly volatile way. This is a cross that you have to bear. This is this is the cross. This is your vocation, um, and and so it's gonna suck. Like that's and and that's okay, um, and it's okay to feel overwhelmed sometimes. Uh, that's you mourning and you realizing that you are not good enough, um, that you do not have the power within you to love your child the way that you need to. And you do not have the power within you to um, make your child a successful person. Um, and that gives us the opportunity to be resurrected um, by the Holy Spirit, which I know um, a couple of weeks ago, that that was a conversation that we had. You mentioned uh, something about there's some something was going on with, with Augustine and you uh you were talking about how 
in that moment you felt overwhelmed, but you prayed or something like that. It was that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. You prayed or, or something, um, and then you you were actually brought to peace, or you were mm-hmm. able to respond um, better because of that, like taking that pause, praying, refocusing, diverting yourself mm-hmm. um, in your own emotions to Jesus. Um, and then I said, I just said to you, how does it feel to be resurrected? Because <laughs> that's what Jesus just did to you. Um, you know, that's what that's what we're experiencing right now. And so um, I would just echo that, that know that, that your child feeling overwhelmed by your child, feeling overwhelmed by parenting, um, that is, that is, you are suffering uh, and you are participating in the life of Jesus, his suffering, his death um, through, through that, through that, that hardship, through that challenge. And you're being resurrected. Um, if, if you allow him to resurrect you, if you die to yourself, if you realize that you're not good enough. So, mm-hmm. I would echo that. And then my other tip would just be to listen to other people's stories because no one's perfect, but we can all make each other better. Great. Thank you, Sarah. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll uh, thank you guys for listening and uh, we'll catch you next week. <laughs>